Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Ardent Run Club. I'm Tommy, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by another Northeast athlete. He's a member of Timebridge Harriers and he's got huge range and he is rapid. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming Sparrow Morley. How's it going? <laughs> good man, how are you? How you doing? Pretty good. Thanks so much for agreeing to do this today, man. I've really been looking forward to speaking to you and I know that a lot of people are going to love to hear some of your story. But before we get into it, bro, I was looking at your power of 10 the other day, okay? <laughs> now, <laughs> now you, you're doing 800s, 15s, miles, 5Ks, 10Ks, you even went up to a marathon. Yeah. What's actually hurdles? Yeah, hundred and ten hurdles. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, what's your favorite event that you've actually competed in? Uh, my favorite is the mile. It's definitely the mile. The, the, the yeah. most interesting one for me. I like it the most. But you know, it's definitely a lot of entertainment in the other other races as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely awesome. But let's. I guess we'll just get into it. Um, I best. The, I guess the best place to start would be the beginning. Uh, the beginning of your running career so would you mind just talking a little bit about what actually got you into running and how it kind of progressed over the years yeah um when did I start maybe I think it was like 2000 2010 it's probably about yeah it's about 10 years ago 10 11 years ago and uh obviously it was the great north run it's a big thing in the um the northeast um and got a number for that and that you know it's one of them like rite of passages for like like I went to Newcastle Uni, you know, a lot of people are aware of the events, the biggest half marathon in the world, and I really wanted to do it. So I got a got a got a place, and I, I was loving it. Like uh, I was running along with an ice cream in one hand, like Harry Bowles in the next, you know, <laughs> high five and people. It's like it was the best way to start running. It was like a hot day, so there was like old ladies with like silver trays, and like they had slices of orange, and like you know, if you're running and it's hot the best yeah. thing you can do is to like bite into a piece of like fresh orange and that was like yeah. was, was on <laughs> I was running along it's just you feel like a celebrity for the day you know it doesn't matter how <laughs> fast or slow the crowds are massive so it was I think it was a good good introduction into into running and running community and what running is all about for a lot of people um that that was that was I think that was obviously September um and then I did a park run because um, my friend had, had run at uni and he was part of the athletics team. I said, oh, I should do the park run. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can do a park run. I've, uh, I've done the Great North Run before because, you know, I'd done a half marathon. I thought, you know, I could do a park run. Why not? Okay. Um, What's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did I do? I, did, I did, did the park run and then I think I left it a couple of months before doing another one. And it was the um, it was a Stan Calvert competition, which is the uh, Newcastle Uni versus Northumbria Uni. It's like an inter-varsity yeah. one. And the cross-country, when they race against each other, they just use the park run course for the, like, the 5K. My friend said, oh, do you want to come and, come and do that? You've done some running before. And I did. Yeah. So uh, it was, uh, it was, I can't remember when that was, maybe, maybe March time, January, February, March, maybe February. And uh, mm. I did, did that. My friend, Amy, Amy Jessup, she was a, a really good, good rower on the rowing team. I used to just do the, um, the coxswain so uh, you would sit down and tell people what to do and, and not really do any any real work they would yeah. all do the work so um yeah. amy was going to run it and, and i ran it pretty much with her the whole way 
and um, it got a bit competitive and I really wanted to, to beat her. And I think we both, I think we both went under 17 minutes for that, that 5k. So she was absolutely rapid. Um, yeah. And uh, I think I just managed to beat her. Um, but um, Not bad. that was how I got, how I got into it. And then because I've now done the Stan Calvert and I've done a park run, I thought, well, oh, this is, this is quite fun. I sort of yeah. didn't want to get up early in the morning to go onto the Newburn Street on the River Tyne and freeze uh, sort of yeah. five in the morning with the rowing still. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll do the do the running instead. Um, and uh, Tambridge Harris had just started um, a few months before. I think it was 2011. And uh, there was a guy called Paul Hilton who was waiting at the end of the, the park run finish. He had a big, big flag banner that said Tambridge Harris newly started. And he was looking for people who were unattached so did one part of a running club already um mm -hmm. and uh, he said oh do you want to come along so that was the saturday he said come along to the training on tuesday and um i didn't know anything about running then at all and yeah. uh, so as soon as i got home from the park run I, I like had some food and i went down i don't know if you know heaton the area heaton there's like the heaton ball yeah, which yeah. is like a dirt track and they call it the city yeah. stadium and and on Saturday afternoon, I just ran around that track as hard as I could until I couldn't run anymore on the Saturday. And I went home, nice. had a load of plastic because that's what that's what runners do. That's all I knew. I did the same on Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Did nice. the same on Monday before my lectures. And and uh, Tuesday morning I did because I just thought I just had to do more training to get to get get fit for this training session on Tuesday. I can yeah. remember turning up at the club. And, and it was quite small at the time. There's probably only about 20 people there. Um, it's now well over 400 members. It's quite a, quite a big club now. But nice. uh, I can remember going along to the first few sessions and I, I would just turn up to a session and just race it. You know, if we were doing mile reps, I wanted to like to win, even though we said, oh, we'll do a mile in seven minutes or six minutes. That was the plan and the pace. Yeah. I, I would still like race it. And I was probably one of them annoying runners for the first couple of years, <laughs> especially training. Yeah. So you would race the rep and just no discipline, didn't know what you would do. You just turned up yeah. and ran, yeah. <laughs> repeat. <laughs> so that's, that's how the running kind of started out. There wasn't really any structure on my part. Um, uh, I would just simply do the Tuesday, Thursday sessions and mm -hmm. then do a park run on Saturday. And then if, yeah. if I could wake up on time to join people doing a long run on a Sunday, I would do. Nice. But I, I, I've always struggled with the long run because I find it, just a bit on the boring side, really. I, I run so I can race, which you can see from probably see yeah. from power attenders. There's a lot on there. Mm, but, uh, lot. Yeah, yeah. So what? When did you start competing? Then when did you start competing? Um, well, pretty much straight away. Um, oh. I don't know about when I became competitive and, and what what is classed as competitive. Whether that's just running your local mm. park run and being in the top ten. Whether that's yeah. running local races and starting to count in a team prize or whether that's regional um i don't really know when what, what's classed as kind of competitive or such but for me like from the very start other than that very first great not run whereby i had like that the ice cream and the ice harry Bowl and the orange prices probably yeah. every race after then was always you know i was running to race um and i think that's the same with the kind of the training um mm -hmm. Not really been part of many groups so much um, as they just turned up at the club sessions. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like when people play football. You know, you you want to play the game. You want to do the race. You don't yeah, really yeah. want to do the drills, the practice, and the free kicks. I mean, it's not going to be fun for like 
whoever has to go and fetch the ball or you know that kind of thing. Yeah, or, yeah. You kind of you kind of want to play the game. You want to you know run the race. And I, I thought the same with right. pretty much. Yeah, with the racing, it's not the way. If you want to get good, it's not the way you want really <laughs> to be You want you'll be the jack of all trades if you do absolutely everything from the half marathon to. Mm-hmm. 100 meters and you do everything you don't focus on something specific you're not gonna you're not gonna reach your potential with that but if your goal is you know you enjoy racing so you can in the northeast we're really lucky you can race pretty much you know every couple of days which which i did for probably five five years so (laughs) uh, that's a lot did you just enjoy destroying yourself on the course yeah i mean it, it depends on the distance, really, doesn't it? So mm-hmm. I think yeah. the reason why I was able to to run fairly fast at the end of the race is probably because I was always late for lectures because I'm quite unorganised, which I've changed now. But originally I was really pretty much late all the time. So I'd run from my, my like student digs to like to lectures with a heavy bag, which essentially is just like speed training, really, isn't it? You know, you run yeah. half a mile super fast. And then rest, yeah. and you, you go to your next thing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so that's, that's where you developed it. That's where you developed that kick on yeah, the way to legends. <laughs> Fair enough, man. So, what is apart from that first Great North Run? What is your most memorable slash favorite race? Um, I think I think probably the most memorable one. Is a is is a is a one I did with my friend Rob. We did it as like a team. It's called Castles and um, Islands Challenge. So basically, what you do is you have a, a team of runners and a team of sailors, and you go um, around all the the castles and islands um, off the coast of Northumberland. Um, so yeah. you start off in Annick, I think it's at the castle, yeah, and you run down to Amble. So it's like a ten mile cross country race that is. There's no set course, you just have to get to and from those distances. It has to be two runners. And then at Amble, you get you get onto your boat. So we got onto a yacht there, piled down into the, into the bottom of the yacht. And then our sailors then raced to the first kind of island. They sailed around the island. And then um, you basically jump out the yacht into a little dinghy. You row ashore and you do a lap of the island around the castle. Um, and then mm. you go back into the boat and you repeat for all the like the castles and islands on the Northumberland coast so it's a 24-hour challenge um we, we got it within 24 hours but it was oh it was unreal like jumping out the boat at like three in the morning it's pitch black rowing ashore in a dinghy and yeah. just doing 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 like a five or a six or a cross-country mile or so here nuts, back onto yeah. the boat and so that was definitely the most memorable um that was a lot of fun but definitely after the first first 10 mile which was the easiest one surprisingly um we piled onto the boat and like as soon as I got on there I was just eating pasta and muffins and yogurt yeah. and like yeah. cola which is such a bad <laughs> idea when we're on a, on a on a sailing yacht so like we were in the bottom of the boat yeah no it was it was unreal Rob and I were both very unwell at parts so it's quite funny That's awesome. um, how long ago was that experience. Oh, that was that was probably five years ago. Castles and Islands nice. Challenge. That that was a lot of fun. Um, That's good, man. Not so much at the time when you've been sick in the boat. <laughs> midnight, but um, yeah, but it was definitely a lot of fun looking back on that. It was good and That's lots awesome, of uh, 
<laughs> so um, yeah, favourite, I think. Uh, my family's always gone to like a lot of National Trust places. So there's a, um, yeah. there's a Run Nation 10K, which is around Cragside. Um, yeah. And I ran that and um, I spent most of my childhood like at Cragside most weekends, pretty much every other weekend. So I knew the grounds really well. It was nice to like have my family wait and finish. Um, and as I was running around, it was sort of nice to revisit those kind of those kind of memories as I've gone up a massive yeah. hill, you know. This is where we used to throw like stones into the water or we'd see the lakes that were frozen, that kind of thing. So I think yeah, that's yeah. probably my favourite kind of favourite race as such. Yeah, so that's brilliant. Yeah, awesome. Well, sorry to dampen the mood, but on the flip side of that, what's like the worst race that you remember being a part of? Um, I don't, I tend not to drop out of races because I think it's a real slippery slope. So once you do it once, it's mm -hmm. a very, I think it can affect you mentally. So you'll, you'll, you'll sort of not take the easy out, but like if you're just simply dropping out for pride or, and like you're not actually really injured, you're just thinking, oh, I'm going to get a bad result here. I'm going to take the DNF, did mm -hmm. not finish, as opposed to like having a time that I don't really want associated. Um, I think probably I'd, I'd ran a cross-country race and I, I had... Um, I just rolled my ankle and like I thought I was doing really well I don't do a crazy amount of cross country um, but I was doing all right in this one and I was really annoyed because I was like I really want to finish I don't want to let myself drop out however it's like it's probably sensible to like just hobble back and yeah. the annoying thing about some of the cross countries is you have to like walk past everybody so like you might be doing a loop of like a big grass field or whatever and then you just have to like cut across the middle and it's so obvious that you've dropped out and everyone's like oh you're all right you're all right and you're a bit yeah. over and over and oh it's just my ankle and visibly hobbling it it's like yeah it's, it's my ankle that all i did um i did the big half half marathon and it was just a really cold morning and i was really enthusiastic i was going for like half marathon pb and like probably from about 5k in I just jumped up onto a curb to take the race in line and it was freezing and I just pretty much pulled my calf and there was nothing really I could ah. do and like it's just it's just a schoolboy error of like taking the race in line I jumped up onto the curb it was quite a high curb and I would have saved like two or three seconds at the most by being on the path instead of just sticking on the road yeah. um, and uh, I just had to hobble for like I don't know it was like nine or ten miles because I didn't have like didn't have any cash on me i was in london i like i couldn't get the tube so I just pretty much like hobble walk for the rest um, so that, that was just like really demoralizing <laughs> yeah that will that will london marathon getting to like 22 23 miles and just blowing up completely and having to, to like to walk jog and it's just Goodness. like oh, everybody's screaming yeah. go on you can do it and you're like <laughs> yeah i wish yeah, i could i'm a little bit faster but i'm gonna like going to injure myself so I'm just going to hobble walk and like you start running a bit more you go from the walk to the jog and the yeah. crowd just the volume just lifts and then you feel like you can't stop and then like <laughs> oh it's like yeah torch just the amount, thousands of people watching you I remember oh, I lost like I dropped a thousand places I think I, ca I was counting the amount of people going past oh my goodness. People past. <laughs> I was like oh 
and you find this weird view at the end and it's like really exposed and everyone's watching and it's like That's it's a really tough. humbling experience and you get some <laughs> friends who like run past you and tap you on the back say you're all right you're right and it's like oh yeah i'm fine you go on you go on <laughs> you just keep going bro <laughs> oh damn yeah wow do you learn anything from these experiences like from injury in a race and from blowing up in a race that you can take forwards um i think learning from them so definitely from the so i've only done i've only done two marathons and really i haven't done the amount of training you need to do to get if you want to get the time that you think you're capable of you have to put the work in so the first mm. one i only did like 20 30 miles a week when really if you want to be doing a marathon you should be doing a lot more if you if you want to just get around you know you can build up the distance i didn't want to just get around i think it was 2018 yeah and uh i trained and i don't know if you remember the northeast it was the beast from the east the uh oh, yeah. January, the roads were just ice yeah. um and all my training i'd done was just in like minus degrees or like definitely under like five or ten degrees and we're freezing so you're running with like lycra and gloves and yeah and then we got to the marathon and it was like 25 degrees and you can see my complexion like i even caught a bit of the sun like this afternoon at like five o'clock on like when are we now <laughs> april yeah so like yeah oh, just 25 degrees at like nine o'clock in the morning i just i just just perished the whole way around so um one of the things I learned was that you can't underestimate the distance um, if you want to do more than just get around. Um, one of the things I think probably is that if you want to achieve a time, you should you should get a coach, you should get into a training group, you should set a plan, sit down with a coach, get like an A, B and C target race, taper for them. Uh, and I, I probably haven't really done that for most of most of the races. So um, yeah. if you want to, you know, want to achieve that kind of time, if that time is goal or the best best performance, then you need to respect the challenge, set a plan, stick to the plan, adjust it, yeah. work with somebody. Um, and I think that's probably yeah what I've learned the most. But you know, I run run to race, but before I get too old, I like to still put down some PBs that you won't be able to revisit for like the whole of yeah. your life. So. I yeah, think, uh, certainly try and get more of a plan and a structure moving mm -hmm. moving forward. That's good, man. And so speaking of that, and let's talk about your training. So currently, what does a standard training week look like for you in this season? Well, yeah, it's been obviously been a bit different now. We're starting to, to open up and get onto tracks and with all the yeah. vaccinations rolling out, we can start to go with groups again. So mm -hmm. I've had um, a couple of training sessions track sessions with with time bridge on the north shields um poly track churchill churchill playing fields um a couple of saturdays um i've had like an it um band issue since 2020 like around august time and i missed about seven or eight months whereby i literally pretty much didn't leave the house to exercise um Jeez. so really that kind of the start of lockdown we had in 2020 all the races were cancelled so all the motivation went out the window had about mm. sort of a month or three whereby i just didn't really run because i thought well what's the point really motivation was races and then mm. i sort of thought well actually london marathon which i wanted to do was postponed to the or the october 
um, then I'd really need to, you know, slowly increase my training, go for a plan. And I started for about four months getting in about 50 miles a week. So I, I worked it up from nice. 20 to 530. I just brought it up um, and I was running really well. Um, but normally at work, um, I'm sort of moving around and I'm visiting different places. Um, but because we moved to working from home, I actually was working from home sitting at a desk the, the whole time. Um, so I think what happened was my glutes became inactive. I was just literally sitting at home for like pretty much 10 hours a day, um, completely yeah. inactive. And my IT band just every time I, I would went out for a run, it would just be really like quite intense pain. Um, so... I sort of did the whole sort of, I gave it a few days and tried it and it didn't work. And then I sort of gave it a week and it didn't work. I gave it a couple of weeks and I gave it a month and it didn't seem to, to affect it. And I went to see a few different physios and they all pretty much said the same thing, IT band, um, and gave me sort of exercises to do and glute activation. And that actually, that's that started to work. And, but in fact, it's January, February. So now I can pretty much run without any, any pain. Um, I haven't really had injuries before, you know, I would, I would say that I do a lot of racing, but not a lot of mileage. It's probably a, a lot of, I don't want to say quality because you can't always say that if you're running a race every few days, that it's quality, but it's not sort of a crazy yeah. amount of quantity as such. Quantity. So my mileage, it would be yeah. fairly low. So I haven't really had sort of Achilles or shin splint kind of issues throughout the years. That's good. Just yeah. picked up this kind of, because I've been at a desk all day, so that's, yeah, that yeah. Is, that was the inactivity. End of twenty twenty, because there was yeah. a lot in the northeast. I got in a few track meetings, and they did an eight hundred, mm. which was mostly in lanes. And I really wanted to do that because I think it's like a really unique kind of race. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't think there's ever going to be an opportunity to do that again. Um, but mm. uh, without that, um, yeah. So typical training now. Um, yeah, I try and get out at lunchtime and try and do two miles. I, like I don't really look at the pace. I've got like a a third of a mile loop that's next to my house. So I'll just literally go around and round and round for like fifteen minutes, just do a couple of miles there, and then mm -hmm. I try in the evening to do sort of um, either like a, a small session of like three by a mile or something short and something that will keep my attention. Um, yeah. Have we done anything longer yet? But at the moment, it's definitely low. We're talking like 10 yeah. miles a week to, to, to 2025. But I'm yeah. learning from before. I'm going to build it up and hopefully get back to a bit more higher mileage with some, some yeah. plan involved. <laughs> is there any goal that you're working towards? Any event? The, the only thing on the pipeline is, is, is the London Marathon that's rearranged for October. October, now, yeah. I don't, know, I don't know whether that's going to go ahead. It may or may not. Um, I think the thing with these is with the Great North Run, which is in September, you know, they're struggling yeah. for insurance. Um, and obviously, really? with large scale events, I think that's that's really the barrier now. By mm. October, most of the population should be vaccinated. The restrictions should be lifted. It's just simply, will somebody insure it? That kind of thing. So that's out of yeah. my control. I think a lot of local races are starting now. Um, regional, yeah. a lot of people are travelling for races as well, which is good. Um, mm -hmm. So, I might do some racing in in summer, sort of June, July. Um, 
That'd be fun. But, you know, it, it'll be good. It'll be good to be back and seeing people yeah. and racing again. But I need to try and resist doing so many this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a bit more, a bit more specific, you know. Yeah. Do, I don't know, the coastal marathon on like a, on a Sunday. Sunday, yeah, do the coastal marathon, a half marathon, sorry. And then do a British marathon on the Monday and then just miss a PB by like a second. But you've done a half marathon the other day on like, you know, run along sand beaches and that so try and be a bit more intelligent with that more selective <laughs> yeah. fair enough fair enough so you mentioned that you don't really train in groups usually so, no, have so, you, so when I was at uni, yeah. yeah when i was at uni um uh there was definitely you know certainly the, the track and field team and their cross country so um I would train with the cross country, which is obviously more distance orientated. So they would have a track session on um, sort of Monday and the sprinters would have one on Wednesday afternoon. So I'd join that because there's a few sort of 400 meter runners that would sort of step up to the 800. So I'd do sort of faster reps, like 200 meter reps with them and shorter reps on the sort of the Wednesday afternoon. And they would do a lot of like technical stuff in um, Getsad Stadium and the indoor um, track. Um, I'm really inflexible and it's just it's hilarious when you see me going over hurdles with like sprinters doing drill beside me it's just it, it's certainly entertain them I reckon <laughs> just give the coach a laugh um so I did sort of train with sort of university group there sort of Monday night track with the distance and Wednesday afternoon with the um more sprinters um and then sort of throughout the week I would, would be sort of the Tuesday Tuesday Thursday time bridge session park run on yeah. Saturday I think um and then i'd really struggle for motivation for the uh the long run on the sunday the long run, I just, yeah. I just, recently i've listened to audiobooks and like i just lose myself in an audiobook and just you've been able to, to go out for runs i found that sort of with the second lockdown i sort of managed could i could just go out and run 10 miles and switch off and just run easy but that's something yeah. that i've it's taken me like 10 years to be able to do like Unless I run with somebody for a long run, I simply, I just mm. won't do it. Like, I don't want to have the motivation. Yeah. I don't particularly enjoy it so much. Um, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it's a struggle. Fair, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, right now, do you have a coach or do you just train by I yourself? No. Yeah, just just train, whatever, really. Certainly right now, yeah. no, I definitely don't. Um, I've had some involvement with coaches throughout the years. When I first started at Timebridge, um, guy called Davey Anderson he, he was just like the head coach it's you know newly formed club and essentially yeah. I would just do the sessions that there was set um by them there so that's mile reps or whatever on Tuesday nights um at uni yeah. there's a guy yeah. called Ian White a really good coach um uh with uh with the university team sort of more of the cross country mm-hmm. and uh, there was a coach there as well Chris Kirk who worked with the sprinters really yeah. really good long jumper i don't know if you've heard of him i think he mm. still holds the box uh long jump record and uh, he was great for the, the technical stuff um then my friend simon christensen i had some involvement with him in 2015 um okay. he uh he was a kiwi he came over here he was a royal marine um he went back over to new zealand um i think at some point during the pandemic so uh, i think he's enjoying yeah. the sun over there now um but other than that, I think probably haven't really had any sort of structured plans so much since 2015, maybe. Yeah, yeah 2015. You no, know, just kind of 
doing doing all the races really. Yeah. <laughs> whenever they are. Whenever they are. Yeah. Is there any reason that you don't like follow a follow a coach and well have a coach specifically and have a structured plan? Um, that I don't way? know really. I think I think um, I'm not really sure. I think probably because I've always done a lot of racing. There's a not a lot of. Um, it's kind of like a bit of a wild card really isn't it like why would you want to co- you know why would somebody want to coach somebody like that because really if you're doing mm. a half marathon one day and then at 1500 meet the next that, that's not yeah. really that's not really coachable is it you know like yeah like what structure you do you follow otherwise yeah you'd otherwise yeah. you'd have you'd have, you'd have a coach putting their name to you and really you'd just be taking mickey really you know like you, mm. they would certainly be able to coach you for like an event or like like 815 and a mile or maybe a 3k for a track season and, and maybe do like a 5 or a 10k you know yeah. for a road season but but really you can't I don't think you can really I don't it's probably not right to ask a coach to coach you unless you're gonna sort of join their program and sort of yeah. you know come from that kind of agreement so I think that's why haven't really um, essentially had a coach before as such mm-hmm. because you can see it from both perspectives. If I just want to race every week and just enjoy running and if that's why I want to run, then that's probably what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. And this way, you know, why would a coach be prepared to coach somebody like that? You know, certain people yeah, will have an enough. interest in if you jump in their sessions and, you know, help their athletes out, their athletes help you out, that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, in terms of like, you know, sitting down with a coach and like picking a plan and joining a group you know haven't, haven't really done that before yeah. so yeah fair enough yeah yeah that's fair do you, do you think that you'd ever want to specialize um in middle slash or long distance or yeah like, or... i really would like like that's the thing though i'd really like to do some more faster faster miles so mile 1500 i'm not sure i could run much faster at 800 because i don't i don't think i've got that much that top end speed i can uh, run you know under two minutes like just like 159 158 getting down at 157 but like impressive. you know I, I never did any i never did any gym work or anything strength based so mm. i don't know whether that would be it so, but when i come to the track I, I don't think i'm fast at all on the track when you when you mm. run against like a road racer or like a road runner um you might have a what you think might have a bit of a kick then because you know they're certainly stronger than you and can set a horrible pace for a really long time and they, they should really just yeah. drop you your strength would be to sit in and kick um but when you come to the track i wouldn't necessarily consider myself having a kick because i mean my 400 pb is like 54 you know some people can run 50 flat and like they'll just absolutely drop yeah. you completely yeah, just, yeah. Get, just detached <laughs> from the hoop um Suppose with an 800, you, know, you could run it more even split, you know, a negative split, that kind of thing. But that's, that's really hard to do, and it's racing. Oh yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's a, a tricky. It's a lot of these things, way. all these tactics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Okay, awesome. That is, I do love, I do love these stories though, like, and and the thoughts that you have in your mind as to like picking out the events you're doing and then when you're doing the event or what the tactic is and everything like that. Cause, um, cause you were saying that the mile, I think you were saying that that's, that's like the race because it's not as tactical as a, as an 800 
but it's not so much as a time trial as a yeah, um, when we yeah. chat before we were talking about I like to wind my friends up who are speak, uh, sprinters because in a 100 metre race or a 60 metre race it, it it does matter who's around you because you affect each other because if somebody's coming up on your shoulder they're putting pressure on you you know if somebody does in a 400 race if they were fast 200 are you thinking am I slow are they slow but I think yeah. really with a lot of say 400 metre and under you can you can execute the perfect race in your lane and it's almost irrelevant like True. who's around you. there's obviously that psychological element which is massive for sprinters yeah but the way i see it is like you're in your lane you execute your your perfect race doesn't matter who's around you the only thing that's going to stop you is a, is a bad kind of wind speed or you trip over yourself you know that kind of thing yeah whereas like 800 meters plus or the mile like you know that i feel like there's a bit more it's tactical you know if, if you want you can go to the front and then you can slow the race down you know how you your mm. competitors react to that if they then go around you again or if they're happy to you know sit in or you know you could do whatever you want you could in a, in a four lap race on the second lap you could just just drop a, a really fast second lap and the people are like they've got a side fairly quick they're going to go with you yeah. they're thinking oh it's going to blow up and it's going to blow up yeah, yeah. Race, so that kind of thing um so i think like tactics for the mind that's why i enjoy it the most and it's a bit different to the, the 1500 a lot of people don't run the mile like because it's it's nine meters extra as well as you start like on the, the blue line which is a little bit further back from the 400 meter um start finish mm -hmm. um and i've done like I must have done 45 mile races. So I know exactly where I am on the track, what time it is, yeah. and all kind of what to do at right time. So I feel like with the mile, it's just a bit different from the 1500, and people are not as familiar with it. So that then I feel like I've got a slight advantage of the mile. Yeah. I've done, just done a lot of them, you know. Um, yeah. Especially when you're in seeded races, because a lot of the races are seeded. So you might be within. 10 seconds plus or minus of people so i think yeah. that's reasonable to think that the tactics can get involved um whereas sometimes um other races you know especially half marathons you know you might be on start line somebody's going to be 10 minutes faster or slower than you and really yeah. if you want a time trial i don't know like 10k plus you know you should be able to execute your splits plan your splits and as long as your body's ready for that kind of that kind of split on the day and you wake up and you feel good like you, other people shouldn't really affect you in those kind of races whereas yeah um sort of like a mile race you know it's a lot more tactical, a lot tactical. obviously so, if you're racing i don't know for a, for a competition it's just a one-off race so like if yeah. there's an intercount thing or you know that kind of thing um it's it becomes a lot more tactical a lot of the people who did the british trials you know they might already have the qualifying time so they mm. can just sit in and just make sure they finish first and second. But that's that's like on a whole other level of like yeah, thinking about what you need to do from a race. And that, that race is very different to like one of the Northeast Grand Prix, you know. Yeah, so exactly. Got, yeah. Got opportunities to do it and you can do other British Miners yeah. clubs, that kind of thing. So fair enough. Yeah. When when you go into a mile race, do you think you have the start line saying I'm gonna PB? Or is it more, what is the tactic to win this race? I think it's always like, what am I going to do to get the best result? 
So that doesn't necessarily mean yeah. winning or getting a time. It's probably one or the other. Most of the time, yeah. you might be able to get both. But like, realistically, I think I go into the race and because of modern technology now, I've got the luxury of everybody who's on that start list. It's digitalized. I know who's going to be in the race probably half an hour before. So I can look mm. on power and I, I can see this person has got a 52 second 400 meter um, PB. So I'm not going to outkick that person. So I need to run from like further out or this person has got like, you know, the 10 seconds quicker than me over, over a dis certain distance, like 3K. Therefore, you know, if I need to do something different to, to beat that yeah. person. So I normally go into a race with kind of a goal in mind whether I want to be a person or whether I actually want to get time for myself. Um, and that way I would just mm -hmm. use other people as pacemakers or almost take myself out of the race situation and say, no matter what other people are going to do, I'm going to run this split and this split. And then I get to that point and I'll make another decision. Am I going to then turn it into a race? Or I'm going to try and hang on for a time. Uh, mm. yeah. A lot of different things going through your head on the approach yeah. to a race. <laughs> I think because... I typically haven't trained and tapered and specialised in one race specifically. Um, I haven't had as much experience going to a race purely for that time trial. I've done a lot of BMCs yeah. and, and races yeah. and, and uh, with pacemakers in. Um, yeah. Sometimes they're a bit erratic. But then there's also, you need to remember, there's, there's probably 10 other people in the race who they want to be sitting behind that pacemaker. You know, mm. it's just a little bit, and you're all fairly well balanced. Certainly with the BMCs, the seeding is tends yeah, to be a lot better than, than other races. So everybody wants to be, if they're going through 800 meters at two minutes and three seconds, everybody wants to be like two or three point five sitting behind that pacemaker, and the pacemaker mm -hmm. drops off, and then nobody really wants to kind of take it from that 800 meter point because it's quite a long way to go in a 1500 race, and it's yeah. kind of it's a, bit, it's a bit funny one, but um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's cheesing. laughs> nah, fair enough. I don't know if you've seen, um, but in the 2005 World Championship Finals in Helsinki, uh, Alan Webb from the USA was lead um, was leading the pack with 700 meters left, and then he just sprinted and ran like a 12.1 hundred meters, and they were all chasing him, and then he just blew up, and it was just like, oh man, why did you do that? <laughs> What the heck? Yeah. Mad, mad. <laughs> anyway, Sometimes you man, do have uh, that kind of goal. Yeah. yeah. You have that. Like I did, did the box at the university oh, yeah. championships, the indoors. I used to really like doing the 800 meter and 1500, like double up. And, yeah. Uh, that was good. Like the goal with that is to get to the next round. So the yeah. first round, you can look at everybody in your race through their PBs and think, right, I'm going to need to run in the top three or top four uh, or kind of, if I get under this time, I just know statistically I'm going to get through. But normally the first round, you just want to make sure you're in the top three or four or that kind of thing. So that's that's fairly, that's that's a fairly easy challenge compared to like the semi-final, which is whereby it becomes much yeah. harsher and they tend to only have like the first one or first two and then it's like fastest qualifiers after that and because the way that mm. the rounds work and the heats work um you're all sitting there but there might be six six semi-finals and if you're in the like third one you know what the first two have gone through in so you've got kind of like a time in your mind that you need to make sure you're beaten so that you're still getting the fastest qualifier 
for the new yeah, exactly. do I need to take that risk because there's there's more races after mine so I need to like I need yeah. to make sure I'm fast enough but then you're like actually if, if I run a PB in the semi-final I'm going to be shot for the like you know the yeah. finals <laughs> man yeah, yeah. that's a lot <laughs> a lot going through a runner's mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> goodness so overall then do you have any running goals for the rest, for like the long term? Oh, long term. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a hard one. I think I think for I think I've definitely got a few years left of PVs like across the distances. Yeah. Not sure about the four hundred, but I think I think I can still PB from eight hundred further up. I think when I started out, I tended to do because the culture of Timebridge at the start. Um, was more 10k half marathon marathons when I when I first started out I was doing a lot more longer things and I worked my way down the distances so mm-hmm. normally you would do the off if you come up through the yeah, age exactly. groups, you would you work your way up the distances you start the 100 200 the track and you move up to 5k's to yeah. 10k cross country half marathon marathon whereas I kind of did the opposite I started at the half marathon and worked my way down and then then just a bit of everything so i think yeah. long-term goals um i like to run it a bit faster on the 5k i think i could get get a bit faster on the 5k i think mm-hmm. um there's like certain numbers that people really like so for me there's like well i think probably all runners we like round numbers don't we so like some people yeah. for the marathon they might want to get under three hours you know 259 59 you know yeah or like um the half marathon somebody might want to get under an hour and 30 minutes you know that, that yeah. kind of thing I think, think for me um i want to kind of and obviously runners have, have different strengths so i might be, might be better at the mile than the marathon and certainly better at the mile than 110 hurdles which is, is a right <laughs> laugh um, yeah, no PB coming in that uh, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I want to get sort of some of my distances in the long run more in line with each other. So I know my marathon isn't isn't the strongest, and I think my half marathon could be improved a little bit. Probably same for the five and the ten k. Bring a bit more in line with sort of other 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 race distances. I think. Yeah. Um, the, the problem with that is for the marathon, you've got to put a lot of work in, a lot of longer, slower miles, and yeah. a lot, a lot more, a lot of discipline. You can't sort of be a young person who is naturally like slim and light on the feet and, and not really injury prone, but only do 10, 20 miles a week and expect to do really well at the marathon. You have to put the work in for that. Now, the only mm. thing is, if I do that, it means I can't really visit the track because I'll be quite tired. Yeah. Naturally doing more miles, sensibly more miles, may benefit sort of aerobic capacity and help me do sort of 5, 10K, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So I think long-term, I think I need to pick uh, um, pick a discipline and set like six to nine months for that, focus on it and achieve it. At, and then at the end, reevaluate and see, actually, do you want to want to repeat that cycle and do better? Or do you want to revisit different, different yes, specialism yeah. and, and a different event? Um, a smart way. Of and obviously, you, yeah, yeah. But let's do it as the right way. And I haven't really done that before. But like I say, like uh, running for me was not 
running or training it was racing you know I run to race yeah. um, but I think I'd like to perhaps bring the times down down a bit more across the board yeah, yeah. Uh, fair <laughs> enough fair enough that's smart maybe man. not some of the pop runs <laughs> <laughs> fair enough man now so as a, as a student of running then what if you said you improve one thing right now what would that thing that you would focus on be I think probably just be more disciplined with the plan like yeah. and be realistic like if if I've not been running for more than 10 miles a week for seven months then I can't suddenly go out on a Sunday run 10 to 15 miles and expect Monday to be fresh and to be able to do some kind of speed session or or even just yeah. a tempo run yeah being realistic is probably the thing there um sort of sticking to sit down pick an event if it's going to be the london marathon stick with that and then stick to yeah. kind of plan because otherwise you just kind of either you're the jack of all trades aren't you really and you yeah come the master on which if you know if you, if you enjoy that that's cool but if you want to get a, perhaps a better time then you need to focus a bit more focus. exactly <laughs> yeah yeah awesome man that's really smart. That's a, a lot of good stuff in there. Thank you for sharing that. I want to talk about 2021, though, in the sense that everyone's had their challenges in 2020. Um, I hope a lot of people have overcome them or are in the process of overcoming them. But for those people that are struggling, what sort of encouragement would you give to them that helps you get through 2020? Because I know it was a hard, hard year for everybody. Yeah, and that's keeping you going this year. Yeah. yeah, but I think for me, I think I'm inherently lazy. So if I don't make myself do it, nobody else will. Mm -hmm. um, and like, it's you, you've got to have that change of attitude whereby if you wake up and say you've got to go to work and start work at half eight, and if you say if I've got this goal of if I want to do a marathon in October, I've got to schedule and plan some time in. Um, and I've got to choose, I've got to want to do it because nobody's going to make me do it. Like I don't have a coach. Um, I'm not part of like a, a junior kind of group whereby you go with all your friends and you sort of go to practice at a certain time. And I'm not, I'm not in that kind of schedule. So nobody kind of is going to hold me accountable other than myself at the moment. Um, so I think um, 2021, getting out there, you just got to believe in yourself and actually ask yourself do, do you want to do it and if you do just just commit to it like sit down with a little plan and put it out you don't have to plan every single session for every day for the next however many months in my case from now till october right away but you want to sit down and think all right well what do i want to achieve what do i want to get out of it if i want to run and just keep fit and just get out in the sun every day and enjoy the summer then that, that's fine that's great like yeah. i'll go and do that um if 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 realistically if i want to achieve something i've got to sit down and, and make myself do it and nobody else is going to make me do it other than other than yeah. me so i think Our responsibility us, yeah. we've all spent a lot of time indoors or perhaps not doing the things we would have liked to um the last bit of year so now that we've got the opportunity to to get back out getting back in amongst kind of groups whether that's with timebridge harriers you know my local mm. running club whether that's with the friends that have got running not the same club as me but we can go for a run um, just like take advantage of those opportunities that are they're opening up now and just sort of get back into it. Don't rush. <laughs> Don't go yeah. out and just do too much. I'm like, because we're allowed to 
meeting groups and, and do that now probably I shouldn't try and get to every single training session and do a lot of extra on my own it should be a bit more kind of yeah disciplined and build it up yeah that's so brilliant man yeah oh so wise so wise Barra. so wise actually get it get it in fantastic in yeah yeah. that's brilliant man well look, we're coming towards the end of this but before we do i always like to do this thing i call the find your fire round. so it's just right. a few quick questions you can either answer them as quickly as you want or in as much detail as you want um right. mostly running related um so are you ready to just get into it yeah just go for it <laughs> cool cool so the first question of the find your fire round is what is a race that you've always wanted to run Oh, um, the Queen's, it's Queenstown Mile, right? It's in New Zealand. And like, mm. I don't know if anybody has done the Tyndale 10K, but the first 100 metres of that, it's like, it's downhill. It's just absolutely nuts. But this Queenstown Mile in New Zealand is, you've seen, you've seen the hills in San Francisco with the trams and they're just super steep. Well, this is like yeah. that, but full mile. And it's, there's a couple of turns and it just looks absolutely madness. But I'd love to do that so uh, definitely i've seen a video of that on youtube one time it's, seen it's it. nuts <laughs> yeah the legs are just going like road over and you've seen this honestly absolutely i'd love to do yeah. something like that but also Please like train, train for a mile get yourself in mile pg shape and then just go and run down yeah. for a mile just... <laughs> <laughs> imagine that i don't even know if it's still on anymore but you can look at the race online queenstown mile yes yeah crazy <laughs> that's brilliant okay what about what sort of what country have you always wanted to run in um country i've been fortunate to be able to travel well so i've been across the states i've been across um to africa i've ran in um some islands on the coast in europe i've never ran in uh like east asia so i don't know what mm. the climate would be like for running i imagine some parts would be quite quite humid but i just want to run somewhere that's that's really like beautiful like indonesia sort of uh, that kind of area probably like to run there probably like more of a relaxed kind of time as opposed to running hard Training. i think it's yeah. really hard with humidity and, and heat <laughs> and obviously i'd wear yeah. some cream Fair enough. Okay, rank for me cross country, road, and track from your favorite to least favorite. Uh, yes, yeah, a least favorite cross country. Like, like, who wants to run in a muddy field? Say it louder like, for everybody. Like, why? Why would you want to do that? Honestly, uh, I, I often do it. I often do it for, like, <laughs> to help the club out or just. Because it's just yeah. to do it with everybody else, you know. There's that real like togetherness across countries, and it's a bit more of a That's challenge. But I mean, who trains for cross country? Like, do people for months on end do they go into fields and like actually run in their spikes and do all their races up, you know, well, reps up hills, or do they just kind of like a few weeks before do they just like bring out the cross country spikes, you know, clean them because they didn't mm. clean them from last year, last get all the mold and then. Do one run out in them and then do a cross country race. Like, 
Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one's at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, and then from roads because um, I, I love running on tarmac. Like it's really good. Like it's just you're not going to fall over. I hate running up and down pavements. So whenever Tyne Bridge, I'd have sessions on like around a housing estate, and we're jumping up and down pavements and crossing roads. Back in mm-hmm. the early days, I was always like, "Oh, can we not just run on the quayside because it's flat and it's like yeah. track free and." You know, there's a few like, bits of street furniture that you just have to dodge. But other than that, it's like... Yeah, exactly. And then obviously track. The, I enjoy track the most because... Number one. That's just that's where it's at. Like, my favourite session with track, and I love... It's one of Ian White's sessions from the from the uni coach. He's a Scottish guy. And um, it was it's, um, it's 300 metre reps. And you start the first four... Off. you do you do four 300 meters with um 60 second rest and for me they were around like i don't know let's just say they were in 50 seconds um and you get 60 seconds rest after each one you go around um and you get three minutes rest and then you do the same again but you need to drop it by five seconds so you do them in like 45 seconds but you only do three of them so you do four 60 second rest three minutes recovery between that and then the, the next one is you three of them but you do them like in 45 seconds. So you drop it, you drop it down. And it's like, start the wheels are starting to turn then. And you get an yes. elastic you, you, at the end of the rep, you're like this. Yeah. But, um, the recovery for that was 90 seconds. So you get a bit more recovery, but obviously you go on five seconds faster per rep. You get three minutes again, and then you do two. Now the, the, the first one, you do it as fast as you can. So that's pretty much like 40 seconds. Yeah. And then you literally keep running around the 100 meter back to the the um the, the 300 meter start you just you have to keep jogging and then you have to do the last one and if you've done the session right you um you pretty much are swimming down the 100 meter straight and you're like jelly legs and uh i think it's the Love most that. kind of fun session but also hurts it a lot but like yeah. you're running fast and like you get a real sense of achievement and it's just that's my yeah. favorite session i love that's that the, that sounds good trip. Got yeah. spikes on. You look good. You feel good. Well, I mean, you feel a bit sick yeah. sometimes. But like, <laughs> you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't want to run fast? You know, I'm like, exactly. Why do I want to do a long run and run slowly and do nothing for like yeah, an hour, two hours? I want to run fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody needs to get on the track. Okay, <laughs> on the track. That's where it's at. Awesome, man. Okay, what? Here's another one. What's your favorite running shoes? Um, my first pair of track spikes I bought from Sweatshop. And yeah. I can't remember where Ali Dixon served me or not. It was in the Metro Centre. And there was just these black pair of Nike running spikes with an orange tip on it. So they just looked really good. And they didn't have any anything real special about them. They were just, just my favourite pair of track spikes that just were like Nike spikes. Yeah, they were yeah. good. I have I've tried all the super shoes now. Yeah, and the like vapor flies, like the four percent, and then the next percent uh, alpha fly. Um, and I, the, the most comfortable shoe I've worn was the four um, percent uh, with the like mesh at mm-hmm. the top. It's really comfortable. Yeah, it felt like new boots, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think that, that first track spike. I can't even remember the, the name the of it. It's just yeah, yeah. still got it in my room. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. No, right. no grip on them. No grip on them. <laughs> yeah, like the back's supposed to have this checkered thing, but 
it just literally snooze stick. It's just flat. Stick on the back. <laughs> right, yeah. And all those, all those races, yeah. No, fair enough, man. Okay, what's your, what's your favourite race that you've seen? That I've watched? Um, I think because I was really quite new to athletics around the Olympics time. So 2010 and 2020, I started, got into athletics, 2011. And then the Olympics were in 2012. So mm. when we were at uni, we did the test events. We were the, like the trial event in the Olympic Stadium for the Olympics. We got to run for the Bucks Championship just before the Olympics. We went in there, ran at the Olympic Stadium. We had all the like security passes, went through security, the core rooms. We were like escorted with people with the boxes. So I did a 5K there in the Olympic Stadium, like just before the Olympics happened. And it was like the practice event to get everybody the judges, the just even even the, the school kids who were carrying all the boxes and all the uniforms. Mm. So that that was awesome to run in there. And the best one I watched was was Radisha running that that world oh, record. Like just sets out and he's just got like the perfect form and he just ran it from the front. So like you know he didn't use anybody else. It was all all him. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. said that he was going to get a world record. He came and he did. So he got through the heat semis and then the final. Then he set out and then just obliterated the scoreboards. And like yeah. everybody in the race, the top eight, I think I think they all got like PBs. Uh, yeah. And it was just like I can't remember the stat as accurately, but it's like I feel like the top eight they had a fast enough time to win for the last previous I don't know how many years but it was mm. it was a great race to watch for like all the um it's all the right reasons like yeah I think everybody ran everybody else yeah yeah I think everyone ran a sub 144 which is just ridiculous it's just crazy isn't it like everybody running yeah. pbs and it's just like yeah can't get a better race maker than that and it's it's crazy because it wasn't even just a one-off race they all were trying to heat to make sure they got through to the semi it all around the semi to make sure they got through to the final and obviously yeah. they had a bit more um a bit more rest than we perhaps did at um british universities whereby you have a heat and a, and a semi maybe in the morning and afternoon or morning then the next day and then morning again and then the next you know friday saturday sunday yeah. now have a day rest or so but like that that was something brilliant to watch and i think just the nation was really like united at that point. Everybody was watching oh, yeah. and hype around it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, that what was a race. my favorite race. Just because of yeah, 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 man. <laughs> yeah, I had not have a previous one to compare it to because I didn't really watch athletics before 2012. Uh, so I don't really know of people breaking my that, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, my grandpa's from Oxford, so he. Uh, he was really keen on watching the uh, the four minute mile being broken for the first time, mm. and he just lived two minutes from the stadium actually. Oh, um, awesome! And he's really annoyed because he missed this first sub four minute mile because they were because it was really windy that day. Him and his and his dad were convinced that it wasn't going to be ran, and they didn't think they were going to do it that day. They were going to postpone it, and then they just decided to do it. And he missed he missed the first sub four minute mile, wow. um, and he only lived three minutes away. And he, that's tough tough. (laughs) oh my goodness wow awesome man so you you said that you like to listen to audiobooks now if you were to go out on a long run yeah what's what's your favorite book favorite book 
Oh, it'd be hard to choose between the Harry Potters, wouldn't it? I think I'm the generation that's raised with them. There we go. Probably the Fair third enough. Harry book, Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, mm-hmm. That's definitely a bit of a like a hidden nerd thing about me. But uh, other Fair than enough. that, favourite book. Yeah, probably that one. I listen to a lot of different audiobooks, whether that's like people talking about what's going on in the premiership or whether that's like current news. I listen to a lot of different, whether it's a science lecture or like something about running or just like I yeah. said, Harry Potter with Stephen Fry narrating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just otherwise that's not way to Lose yeah. in another world, really, with the longer runs, yeah. <laughs> uh, fair days, fair days. Okay, what's your favourite movie? Film. Oh, um, mm. probably two. Yeah, uh, I reckon. Uh, Catch me if you can. So it's Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a good he's movie. This con artist. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, he, he just he's he's he's, he's escaping from Frank Hanratty, which is Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. and like he just, he just stays one step ahead of the game all the way along until well, I'm not not giving any spoilers, but Catch me if you can. It's yeah. Classic. Caprio's early days of, of film and Tom Hanks. Yeah. And it's great watching somebody try and catch a con artist who's he's an, he's a pilot one minute and then he's a medical doctor and you know mm. it's uh, great it's based, to see where he's from. Yeah. It's based loosely around a real yeah. story as well. Real story. Loosely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> That's a good yeah. Every time I think of a check. I think of that movie. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You just, you just, it's so funny because the system was totally like you could you could crack it back in them days because with the invention of like technology only just coming in and printing presses and everything only just mm. starting to be digital. Not everywhere was connected, so yeah, you could change it through sort code numbers, branch numbers on a check, and yeah. one branch will send it to another, and he'll know that it'll take three or four days or a week. And by the time they realise that it's a forged check, because he was so good at it, like he's in another state or he's in another yeah. job, and yeah, it's, yeah, you can't you can't do that now, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you guys need to watch that movie; it's so good. Catch me if you can. Yeah, that's so good, man. So, I, I kind of glossed over this one. <laughs> I glossed over this question. I forgot to ask it. Who's your favourite athlete? Oh, favourite. We'll do. We'll do uh, athletics and outside of athletics. Okay, all right. Um, probably more recently, I've liked uh, Jacob uh, Ingebrigtsen because he has um, he's he's quite exciting for the, for the times he put down for the age he was. So he's a middle distance runner, Norway, mm-hmm. and um, he's got family. I don't know if you've watched Meeting the Ingebrigtsen. I think originally it was all done. Uh, not in English, and you have to watch it with the subtitles. Um, yeah. But I've watched him from the sort of the cross country races he's done, and obviously with the sort of international competitions, it's really exciting to see him. I think it's Henrik and Philip, is uh, yeah. the brothers as well. And like you just see a race, and it's like three people from the same family in the same race. And it's, I think that's yeah. really, it's a really unique spin to it. I think his younger sister's really good as well. Um, oh, so awesome. she'll be one to watch. But I like I like uh, Jakob because he's uh, he, he's he's obviously from a, from a running family and his dad's their coach and you know, they do a lot of like cross country skiing mm. and you know they've got everything set up as a family unit there 
Um, yeah, that's quite that's awesome. a, quite a cool, unique thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think, athlete. I think when I was little, I used to watch the the Formula One, and I suppose you could class the the motor racing as as, as athletes. Certainly, they, mm-hmm. they lose a lot of weight, and it's quite intense. And I yeah. really like Michael Schumacher. Obviously, he's yeah. uh, been injured for quite a while, and all that that kind of thing took him out of yeah. competition. Um, but I used to watch it on a black and white TV, um, and uh, I had a scale electric set with a with a red Ferrari on it. Um, scale electric. <laughs> yeah, that was that was where it was at, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, um, probably Michael Schumacher. Yeah. I used to call him the Big yeah. Mac, and I think he was very young. Big <laughs> Nice. That was awesome, man. All right, two more questions and just find your fire around. Number one, give me one thing that's still on your bucket list. Oh, I think it's that downhill mile. I think it's that. Yeah. I just, just a part of, I'd love to go to New Zealand. It's a beautiful place in the world. I've seen the pictures, but I've not seen it in person. Probably tie in Australia as well, because obviously it takes a long while to get there and it's expensive. So New Zealand yeah. and Australia at the same time. And if that race is still on, or at least go and see it, you know, see the see the part. It was good. Yeah. Do, go and do a other segment at midnight, you know, when uh, no traffic. <laughs> <like that>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I reckon that. <laughs> nice, nice. And then finally, have you got any hidden talents? Hidden talents? I'm quite good with maths, but I'm also quite good with keepy uppings, you know. Keepy uppies football. I could, I could do a thousand keepy uppies. Just, just. Are you kidding? There, you know? <laughs> I, get tired, I get tired before I could, you have to stop, man. Yeah. Goodness uh, yeah. Some people do <laughs> just keep balling. Yeah, like constantly yeah. in the same spot. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. That's awesome, man. I guess, yeah. To wrap it up, actually, one question I would like to ask you, which I ask everybody at the end, is. Is there any advice that you give to anybody who's getting into running and wants to be really good at it? Oh, yeah, I think there's probably different, like, um, different things. I think if you're just getting into it, find out what you enjoy. And and, and usually, usually, that's what you're good at. So I, I really enjoy the mile. And normally, like, at a regional level, I can do all right in the competition so really I should I should really focus on that and like probably give that a bit more of a a sort of a more of attention so yeah find out what you enjoy because you're only going to do things you what you enjoy and then usually what you enjoy you tend to be to be good at you know I'm I'm not out there throwing a shot put or a javelin (laughs) you know I'm not I'm not that kind of no yeah well (laughs) I've done them a few times but yeah (laughs) No, uh, find out what you enjoy and um, yeah. that tends to be what you're good at because we do what, what we enjoy and what we're good at, get a bit better at it. Find a coach, if, you know, if you want to excel, find a coach and get in a group and, and mix with like-minded people. Uh, and then because you get part of that culture, you won't be tempted to do a load of random races. You won't be tempted to go and do parkrun or do a, a half marathon and a, you do, do a load of lots of together you'll be part of like that kind of culture whereby you might be training with a group that you know they all want to do one mile fast so you can train with people or you know if, if you want to do a marathon then find a group of other marathon runners who's of the sort of similar ability to you um and then you can go out and you know do the training together because it is an individual sport but i think um if you want to 
you want to, if you want to get good at it, you need to, you do need to use sort of a group or a coach and with you helping other people, you'll definitely have a bit of give and take. You'll learn from them. They'll learn from you. So I think if you want to, yeah, want to be good at it and be a bit more competitive, find what you enjoy, find what you're good at and uh, yeah. then sort of commit to that and sort of specialise a bit because otherwise you will be the, uh, the jack of all trades and the uh, master yeah. of none. <laughs> Fair, man. Well, well, listen, guys, remember to follow Sparrow's Power of 10 because I'm sure that's going to be updating <laughs> hopefully later this year and next year. Um, <laughs> um, he's on Facebook, Instagram as well, so if you want to follow him, you can see him there and his running updates there. Remember to follow us at Ardent Run Club on Instagram and at This Is Ardent on all of our social media for updates on this podcast and us over here at Ardent. Subscribe to us so that you can be the first to know when our new weekly episodes come out and check out our new running socks as well on Amazon. Any last words, Sparrow? Anything you want to say before we go? I just want to want to know how many KPOPs you can do. I know you've got a bit of a sprint background, so you know you probably beat me on a sprint and I beat you on a distance race. But yeah, yeah, if, fair enough. Yeah, you know, we've got a football and just seeing who can do the most amount of keep up. You know, I'll be okay. up for that challenge. Probably wouldn't yeah, want to race yeah. on a hundred or a two hundred. You know, yeah. but keep you up, you know. Keep you up, the that's the... All right then. Yeah, yeah, we'll sort that out. Awesome, man. Well, look, this has been Ardent Run Club, episode 31 with Sparrow Morley. I hope you've learned something. I hope you've been inspired and I hope you find your fire. See you next time.